welcome into another great edition of Strong Style, the Impact Media weekly dive into all things combat sports, MMA, and pro wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. We got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. A lot happened in the last week. We got the road to WrestleMania coming up. Uh, WrestleMania is next weekend. We've got AEW lighting it up. Uh, New Japan with a 42-minute thriller on this week's episode. But that's not where we're going to start. And I'll give you guys the title here in a second. But first, I want to say that if you want to leave a question, comment, suggestion, follow the show. If you're not already subscribed, we would appreciate if you would subscribe uh, wherever you find this show or podcast. If you will leave a uh, rating and review, we appreciate it. It helps us out. It helps us continue to bring you free content because... We don't want to charge. We don't want to charge for this. We want to keep it where you guys can easily get it in your ear holes. In order to do that, well, they need to see good numbers from us. So we appreciate all that you guys do. If you want to follow the show, at Team Impact Media, we'll find all the show links, all three shows, on Twitter. Uh, at the Impact 99, will find me on practically every social platform. That I'm on, which is most of most of the main ones. Uh, the email we we currently still use three uh, endzone at gmail com. It started as just a sports show, and now it's for everything. And uh, you can just look up Impact Media or Strong Style or Board Check or that sports show on Facebook or wherever you find a podcast or on-demand audio, and you will find us. And if there is a place that you listen to on-demand audio or podcast, and it doesn't have us when you look for it, let us know. And we'll be there soon. But today's episode is called London Calling. London Calling. Why would I call a show London Calling? Well, the UFC was just in London, and my goodness, did their international stars put on a show. Let's see, we're there. One, two. There were two Americans on the card. They uh, they uh, both picked or one picked up a win. We'll talk about those in a minute. But my goodness. London Calling, yeah. London called and just put every other city on the map. And the way the fans were just popping. They were just popping. No matter how you watch this show, I watched it from the comfort of the the, uh, same seat I'm in right now. Because uh, obviously I couldn't make it to London. But uh, you could just feel the energy of the crowd. And every, every athlete was just 
booming, just coming through the screen. Might as well be watching with 3D glasses on. Didn't need them. Felt like I was there. And it all started. See, it's the thing, too. It's, it's weird to me, and sometimes I, I've been... You know, I, I've been guilty of it, too. But when people start breaking down fight cards, they always start at the bottom. I'm not starting at the bottom. We're starting at the top. The main event that actually didn't last that long at all. Here lately, most of the main events have been going the distance. They've been going at least three rounds, if not five rounds. And you're like, holy crap, man, what a war. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, there was a war fought between Alexander Volkov and Tom Aspinall, two rising heavyweights. The difference? Well, about three and a half minutes into the first round, Tom Aspinall remembered he had something else to do. Slapped on, it was an armbar, right? Yeah. Slaps on an arm bar that is just a thing of beauty, and Alexander Volkov remembered that he makes a living using said arm, and uh, and uh, when you know you can't get out, it's time to tap, and, and he tapped and got out of it before uh, anything bad could happen there. But Tom Aspinall, have yourself a night, young man. Like I said, three minutes, what was the official time? Producer Sassy, three 3.45, okay, 3.45, I was close to three and a half, I knew it was close to that. Three minutes and 45 seconds into round number one, Tom Aspinall, submission victory over Alexander Volkov. My goodness, just when everybody said, oh, the lightweight, oh, the welterweight, oh, uh, the, the, the women's strawweight, oh, the, it, or, those are the best divisions, that's the most loaded. This uh, No, the heavyweights raised their hand and said, you know what? They, uh, they may enjoy your fight while they're here, but you pay f- to see the heavyweights. I got to agree on this night. They, they're they featured over the weekend. They're going to be featured again coming up this week. I will talk about that in a minute. But uh, good for Tom Aspinall. What does this mean going forward? No, I'm not going to do this on everyone, just the main fights. What does this mean going forward? Well, Volkov will get uh, another uh, pretty good matchup where he will look to try to rebound. Tom Aspinall, he's uh, he's gonna start looking at those uh, those uh, top fighters, saying, "Hey, it wants a piece." I, I think uh, the way Aspinall has been fighting, I think he's you got to put him fifth, sixth, seventh. Maybe I'm a little ahead of myself here, maybe a little over my skis even, but uh, I, I think Tom Aspinall is is potentially a top five fighter. In the heavyweight division, I would like to see him face number three, number four, number five. Uh, I think, did, did he call out Tuavasa? I, I think he might have. Him and, and uh, Ty Tuavasa, yeah. Sign me up. When is that going to happen? About two or three months from now? I'm in. I'd put that on a big pay-per-view. But good for Aspinall. Uh, not to be outdone. In slightly less time, his fellow countryman, Arnold Allen, took on Dan Hooker. Two and a half minutes into the fight, Arnold Allen took it to Dan Hooker and gets the TKO victory. 
featherweight division there. But Arnold Allen, man, he looks impressive. And uh, from what I'm going to say here in a minute about Hooker, I don't want it to take away from from uh, from Arnold's performance because his performance was very much what the result was, lights out. He continues to move up the card. He's 18-1 and one now. And, gosh, if I'm in the featherweight division, I, it's a tough night out. If you're going to go against Arnold Allen, that's a tough night out. Uh, good to him. That's uh, 2-0 and so far on the main card, if you're keeping track, for Team England. Dan Hooker. He's, he's kind of had a rough go of it. And a lot of times when you're up that high in the card and you have, uh, I'm not even going to say a setback because he's, he's still, he's not, you know, having embarrassing performances. No, he's, he's very much still bringing it. But I feel like he needs to move back a little bit and kind of regroup. I don't want to say take a step back. I, I, there's not a good word for it, Dan, and, and, and you know that. And I'm not the first person to say this. Uh, Dan, you still fight. You know you still fight. You still fight on a high level. Sometimes when you get so high up on the card and then you get caught, it creates a pattern. And in order to get out of that pattern, you have to change something up. So to change something up, instead of taking on the top of the division, Catch some of these guys on the up and up. Some of the ones on the up and up. Let's let's try to do that and, and build yourself back into it because Dan, I think you still got a, a ton to to uh, put into the division into fighting, and uh, we look forward to it. But hey, Arnold Allen, good for you, sir. Could England make it three and oh, oh they could. Here's another one. How about? Three minutes and 49 seconds. Only four. It took four seconds longer for Patty Pimblett to take out Kazula Vargas. Patty Pimblett, man. Holy cow. He, he understands how to put on a show. Not just in the octagon, but on the mic, out of the octagon. He knows what he's doing. He is like better behaved Connor. Now, skill-wise, there's a little difference as far as when Connor's big run was happening and now. But, my goodness. And, and his celebration on his fight wasn't even his best celebration of the night. And I'll get to that one in a minute. But Patty Pimblett. Towards the end of round one, like I said, three minutes, 49. We got the official time there. Producers on top of it. Wow. And once again, I'm not the first person to say this, that you that you may have heard this week. If I am, hey, great. But people who normally are either casual fans of fighting or don't really watch fighting at all. I've had friends and even, even uh, just people in passing. They say, hey, you catch that uh, that uh, Patty the Batty? Oh, Patty the Batty. Pat, Patty Pimblett. Pimblett, did you see what he did? Wow. Man, uh, we uh, watched the other night at a buddy's house. You see Patty? And everybody's talking about Patty Pimblett, as they should. But just 
look at this. 3-0 and for Team England right there. Two submissions that go a little over three and a half minutes into the first round, and two and a half minutes in, we've got a knockout. Holy cow. Team England. Uh, Gunnar Nelson with the unanimous decision over Takashi Sato. That was a fun fight. Not to be outdone. This was on the main card, as it should be. Could Team England make it 4-0 in the main event? Because neither Gunnar nor Takashi are from England. Let's just want to throw that out. I think Gunnar Nelson is from Norway, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong on that. Can't remember. But Luana Carolina. Carolina, I believe. I may have said that wrong. Sorry, Luana. Took on Meatball Molly McCann. Let's just keep the theme. What has Team England done? They get it in and they get out. How about one minute, 52 seconds, into round number three. Meatball Molly McCann with the TKO victory over Luana. Carolina and Patty Pimblett come out, got in the cage with Meatball Molly. They are, him and Molly are great friends. And his celebration of Molly's victory was actually, see, because Molly's fight happened two fights before his. They saw it in the back. He come running out and celebrated with her, then went back, got ready for his fight, come out and won his fight. That's something you don't see Connor do. That's something you don't see other fighters do, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Team England, they come out, they supported each other. I'm not saying that you should just do it because they're your countrymen or things like that. No, it's it's your your fight camps, and uh, you know, because a lot of times the same fight camps will be on the same cards. Come celebrate. Why not? There's nothing against it. There's nobody that says you you can't do it. So do it. But uh, just, just what a great card and good for Molly. Molly, man, that's she. She likes to kind of weather the storm early. She kind of it seems like she she has a plan, and she either continues that plan to finish off her opponents, or she flips the script when she needs to. And when she gets Later on into fights, it is it is lights out time. Just incredible. Uh, some other big performances. Um, I think he's Scottish, and I was corrected. I, I wasn't corrected, but I, I heard the correct way on this. A lot of people call him Paul Craig. Well, if you're Scottish, that's how you say the word Craig. Paul. If we say Paul Craig, it's the same as saying Paul Krieg. It's just you're saying it with a different accent. If you want to say it, you can say it either way. There's no real correction correction. But either way, Paul Craig with the submission victory. Round number one, three minutes, 57 seconds into the fight. He had Nikita Krylov tap. That is not easy. But here's the best part. So Paul Craig... He's uh, he's right outside the top five area, right? You're like, okay. He's he's uh, I think he's gosh, he's like eight or nine or something like that. Either way, so what does he do? 
So he's like, well, I get the chance to call somebody out, right? Yeah, you do. He goes, well, okay. Oh, I just forgot his name. Oh, he goes, I call out Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, the the new co-host with Michael Bisping on the Believe You Me podcast. Been doing like triple duty because he sometimes works the MMA desk. He sometimes fights on the card. And then he does that podcast. And he's kind of been looking for an opponent himself. He's coming off an injury. He seems like he's pretty good to go or will be soon. And so Paul Craig, he's like, hey, Anthony Smith, let's go. What does Anthony Smith say? Let's do it. So you got two people who are verbally committed to a fight. The problem is, is their names are not Dana White or Sean Shelby. There's a third guy that puts matches together. But those people should reach out to these two and say, do you guys really want to fight each other? And if so, book it. Make sure that Anthony Smith is cleared, but you book it. You book that fight. Not just because we want to see it in the light heavyweight division, but because it needs to freaking happen. Anthony Smith has even said in recent weeks, and off on and off the podcast, that he's not afraid to go down a weight class or up a weight class just to get back in. He's dying to fight that bad. Paul Craig looks like he wants to be his Huckleberry, so let's do it. Uh, other things on the card. Jack Shore out of Wales took on uh, Timur Veliev. Gets a unanimous decision win there. Jack Shore does. Um, of the two Americans who were on the card, uh, Elise Reed got the win over Corey McKenna. Split decision. That was a good fight. It was real early on. Good fight. And then uh, Mohamed Mikhaev got the submission win over the other American on the card, Cody Durden. Good fight, man. That's just a fight night. That could have been a pay-per-view. In fact, depending on who you ask, it, it basically was. So now we get to get into some interesting topics. So, we all know that Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington don't like each other. We all know they used to train together at, uh, I believe, American Top Team. I think Colby left. And just the two of them haven't liked each other. So, they finally get to mix it up. Colby wins. Which is fine. And... At the end of the fight, they, uh, they you know, bell rings. They split split them back up because it's the end of the fight. And the two of them are still kind of jawing at each other. Okay. That just means maybe down the road we have, a, we have a rematch, right? Or you could take the low road like Colby Covington did. And, yes, I'm going to be pretty much on one side of this one. And he has had personal attacks, verbal attacks, 
against Jorge Masvidal, that's fine. Masvidal's one of those people who kind of like me. Yeah, kind of say whatever you want about me. I don't care. But when you start talking about a man's family or a woman's family, you start talking about somebody's family, now we're going to have a little bit of an issue. And so he did. And all these personal attacks and been talking about Masvidal's family and and uh, not saying some good things at all. I'm not going to repeat them on here. Because for one, that would give him notoriety. And two, they would halfway condone it. And I do not. So Masvidal, you know, let's say poor choice. Poor choice there. Uh, Masvidal, he, he's going to double down on the on the poor choices, though. Because... Because what uh, what he wants to do, he finds Colby Covington out in public somewhere and sucker punches him. Yeah, not a. I understand, but you just can't go around sucker punching people, especially when you're known for punching people for a living. That really doesn't fly very well. But. He kind of learned that his actions do have consequences because Jorge Masvidal spent a uh, an overnight in jail. I think it was about a fifteen dollar, not fifteen, fifteen thousand dollar bail to get him out, something like that. And uh, he does have charges against him, so we'll see how those go. That being said, how has the MMA community reacted? Well, the fighters are back in Jorge Masvidal. They're like me. We don't condone that he went and sucker punched Colby Covington. I'm not saying Colby didn't kind of deserve something. But they, uh, including Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib has come out with the strongest reaction. And he said, uh, hey, if you, uh, if basically, if you're stronger than a guy in the octagon or you win, hey, good for you. You know, you're, that means you're better that day. But when you start verbally attacking a man's family and things like that, uh, that doesn't fly in the MMA community. You, do, you don't do that. And he actually says that nobody should take a Colby fight. The next time they're offered a chance to fight Colby Covington, they should all say no and boycott him. That would put him and the UFC in an interesting situation because if nobody will fight him, they would almost have to release him. He would just be stuck in limbo unless somebody would fight him. Now, eventually somebody would because somebody would just say, I had the, the opportunity to do it. It would be somebody, you know, 11th through 15th or, or, or beyond, maybe outside the top 15 even. But Khabib just had an interesting take on it. He's saying, just boycott him. Don't take the fight. Don't do it. It's like, uh, huh. That's kind of it. That's something that, that could happen. So we'll see what happens with all this. But, yeah, I just, I thought it was just an interesting take. And like I said, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if, I don't know how I feel about the boycott yet. It's interesting. Uh, I like that Khabib come out and said something, though. And what I believe needs to happen is 
Masvidal needs to be very sincere about it, but he needs to apologize to Colby Covington. They need to, to bury this riff right now or agree to fight one more time and bury it then. And uh, Colby needs to drop the charges if he's the one pressing them. And uh, we need to get back to fighting. Back to fighting in the octagon. That's where the fighting needs to take place. That being said, where is it? Okay, UFC has another fight night this weekend. This fight night is headlined by heavyweights Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins. Two guys that are right there in the top five. They're looking to get up in that um, Tuavasa. I think Curtis Blades is four. Tuavasa is three, I think. And Dawkins, he, he might be in the top five. He's got to be close. But these two are going to brawl. Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins, both, I believe, their last fights or last losses were to the same person. So this fight needs to happen. Now, Curtis Blades is a giant favorite, which I don't understand. This thing should be pretty close to about maybe a 60-40 at absolute best, worst, whatever you want to say. But... uh, this whole card, I'm pretty sure, is on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So if you got regular ESPN, I believe you can watch it there. If you don't, ESPN+, Plus, you guys know how to watch on there. But that's the main event. Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins. i tell you right now, I like Curtis Blades a lot. I think Chris Dawkins is going to win this. I think Chris Dawkins is going to win this. He, he's going to rebound from his last fight. The Dawkins brothers have... Have not had a great go of it here recently. Had some setbacks. I think Chris Dawkins is going to rebound. He's going to beat Curtis Blades. It's going to be... It's probably going to be a knockout. Or a TKO because of punches. I just think these two are just going to go until one of them falls. And I just, for some reason, think the first one to fall is going to be Curtis. Uh, Let's see. Other matches on... Well, I'll, just, I'll do the whole main event, main card, and then I'll tell you the other bigger matchups coming up. Uh, match number two in there is Joanne Wood against Alexa Grosso, the women's flyweight. I like Joanne Wood. I think she's going to be able to pull that one off there. She is the slight underdog in this, but uh, you know, don't be surprised if Alexa wins either. I know just enough of each of these fighters to know I think it's going to go all three rounds. Because their strengths and weaknesses match up pretty well. Match number three is Matt Brown versus Brian Barberina in the welterweight division. I got I got Barberina. Matt Brown is really good. He's fought uh, a good bit more than Brian has, but I think Barberina is uh, just going to come out swinging. I think it's going to be a good welterweight fight. Uh, I'll take Barberina in that one. Askar Askarov, who has a great name by the way, applaud his parents for that. He's going to take on Kai Cara France. Man, that's hard. I would normally pick either one of these guys if they were facing anybody else, but they're facing each other. Askarov is a big favorite. Yeah, give me Askarov in that one. I, I think Kai could do it. 
could pull it off, but give me Ascar. I think Ascar is going to win that. And then uh, match number five in the main card, you are going to get Alir Latifi against Alexi Olenek. Give me the Ageless Wonder, Alexi. Give me Alexi Olenek, uh, who is the slight, slightest, this is almost a pick slightest underdog, but uh, he has also has 76 professional fights. Give me Alexi, the Ageless Wonder. Other, other notable fights, Neil Magny is going to take on Max Griffin. Sarah McCann and Carol Rosso are going to have some fisticuffs. Uh, Jennifer Maya and Manon Faroe is going to, uh, they're going to have a throwdown. That's going to be fun. Just tons of good stuff. And like I said, I'm, I'm looking at the fight card now through the ESPN app. It's all on ESPN or ESPN plus. So, uh, enjoy that. And then not to be outdone. The last thing has, we've spent the whole first half of the show talking fighting. How much fun is that? But I want to make sure to get this announcement correct. The PFL made an announcement the other day that their regular their challenge series is going on right now. The regular season is coming up. It's going to be a six-week season. You know how their format works. You get a couple fights during the regular season. You amass points based off how you win or how the finish goes. You can actually lose points certain ways, but most of the time... You get anywhere between three to five points for a win, depending on how you win and how you look in doing it. And then the top four get seeded one through four. One one faces four, two faces three. Then you go to the championship where you win a belt and a million dollars for that weight class. So the regular season's coming. And they say it's going to be located in three places. Weeks one, two, and three are going to be in Arlington, Texas. Where in Arlington, Texas are they going to be? Well, they are going to be at the eSports Stadium, Arlington. And they'll be live on ESPN in prime time. That's April the 20th. That is all, That is a Wednesday. It'll be Thursday, April 28th. And Friday, May the 6th. Before they move the action to right here. Well, close to here. Atlanta. Yep, we're getting three. We're getting weeks four, five, and six. That is going to be Friday, June 17th, Friday, June 24th, and Friday, July 1st. How crazy is that going to be? And that is going to be at the... Uh, the arena down at, at Atlantic Station, not far from Georgia State uh, College. That's I forgot the name of it now. I had it somewhere. And it's because I think... Yeah, it's because the article I was using there uh, does not have... Uh, the arena, but it's like the CTO arena, something like that. You you can find it online. I promise you, it's there. Go go to the uh, 
pflmma.com, and I believe all the details will be on there. So much fighting, man. So much fighting in London, representing England, representing Great Night. So let's shift over to WWE. First off, thoughts, prayers, and condolences to the family of Scott Hall, who unfortunately passed. We all knew him as Razor Ramon or Scott Hall of the Outsiders. Uh, he was just an all-around good guy. I never got the chance to meet him, but people I know that met him said he was uh, he was always fun, always had a smile on his face, was always looking to have a good time. Just everybody loved the guy. And uh, he had health problems here and there, and uh, ultimately he, he did pass uh, just uh a handful of days ago, and so uh, thoughts, prayers, and condolences from everybody here at Impact Media and uh, Strong Style to to uh, the Hall family. So now, let's go to Raw. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are looking for ways to get on WrestleMania. Well, Kevin Owens had decided to call out Stone Cold Steve Austin. For, I think it's just a KO show segment. We know it's going to get physical. So, Kevin Owens found a way in. Seth Rollins currently does not. Now, he could, as of this Monday, maybe he did. I have not seen this Monday. As you guys know my policy, until I do this show, I do not watch the current week's shows. I do know Seth Rollins' opponent, and I feel okay. I feel okay um, letting you know. You want to know who that is? Seth Rollins is more than likely looking at a match with the returning global superstar, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. That may steal the show. May absolutely steal the show. I take a, a small coffee break from the butter butter, by the way. Delicious, delicious uh, ice cream, snacks, cakes, cookies, pies, brownies, um, breakfast quiche, pop pies, ice cream. It's it's all good. Go to the butter butter. In Carrollton on the square and in Bremen, uh, just right there next to the uh, Holiday Inn Express in Ingalls. But so those two. They're going to find their way on WrestleMania. For one, they're two biggest stars to not be on WrestleMania. Those two guys are two of the best currently going to WWE. So I look forward to Kevin Owens and Stone Cold mixing it up. And I look forward to Seth Rollins and Cody. That is almost worth buying WrestleMania right there just for that. Looks like Finn Balor and Damian Priest, who has suddenly turned heel. That's fine. He's a big, evil-looking dude anyway. I mean, might as well show what he could do as a heel. He's been a face since he showed up. Uh, but it looks like those two are going to be in a big-time feud that will probably get into WrestleMania. That's that's a good one. Uh, Priest, like I said, he's had a rocket ship strapped to him ever since he showed up. Finn Balor is there to help make sure that rocket stays with plenty of fuel in it. And plus... Fantasy, the uh, U.S. champ, is is not a bad thing. 
Is he US? Yeah, he's US. Um, have no idea what the kind of undercard of the women's division is doing. We all know it's going to be Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. It's going to be a pretty good matchup. I, I, I didn't like the, the hair whipping stuff. I, I don't like some of the stuff they're doing because it's you're really, really getting real close to somebody getting injured and not being on WrestleMania, and you're going to be missing one of your big stars. That's going to be on you. Um, the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul. That's going to be a fun one. The same way that later on we talk about Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Okay. You get celebrities involved. These celebrities who can kind of hold their own. They're fun. They're fun little things here and there. Although they'll feel bad. Logan Paul being teamed up with The Miz has a good chance you're going to lose. Because uh, the... The Miz usually wins high-profile matches and and heavyweight title matches at WrestleMania against the Mysterios. I just feel like the Mysterios are actually going to get a win at a big show. Uh, they announced that Queen Charmel is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Good for her. The wife of, of Booker T or King Booker. She did a lot in the short run she had, so... I think it's really great. They're going to be right there in Texas. Houston is is their hometown. They're not very far from Jerry World, where this is going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Good for Queen Charmel. And um, I don't think you need the Street Profits in in the, the tag mix right now. You put them in something else for WrestleMania. But RK-Bro Alpha Academy has just, I, I thought it was going to be a throwaway feud. And it has actually been really good. I feel bad. Here's a little note. I feel bad that Chad Gable is probably going to change his name again. Hopefully not back to Shorty G, which was beyond God awful. I mean, he might as well be called the Gobbledygooker if you're going to do that. Just look it up, folks. That was an actual thing the WWE did. The Gobbledygooker. He still uses it sometimes. Impact Wrestling makes fun of it. But looks like Gable Stevenson, fresh off another national title, officially retired from amateur wrestling. He is going to be at WrestleMania. And if they if they call him Gable or Gable Stevenson or anything of the, of the lot, which they could, even though his older brother is uh, does not go by uh, Stevenson or anything like that, and he is he is in NXT right now. Uh, if if he sticks with with Gable, and Chad Gable's going to have to do something with his name. Uh, it's right now it's Chad Gable and Otis. I mean, why not just be Chad Notice? Could it's something you could do, or Gable could go by his his uh, his actual last name, or they, they'll come up with something. Uh, the Alpha Academy, though, I just I didn't think they were going to be as good as they are. They are fantastic. And now Chad Gable has catchphrase, a T-shirt. He uh, he has gotten a title push. It's I mean, This is great. So I 
feel bad. It's good that Gable Stevenson is going to finally be in WWE and looks like he's going to be doing something at WrestleMania. But uh, I feel bad that Chad's going to have to kind of flip the script. Let's move on to SmackDown. I start powering through these. Move on to SmackDown where um, Roman and crew came out. Brock Lesnar came down and ran them off. Then he found them in the back, crashed a forklift into the SUV they were in. That's pretty. I know. I know the 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 way they pulled it off, but uh, that's uh, once again it's pretty dangerous. You don't want people seriously injured because you're trying to make a cool spot on television. But Roman and crew were able to get out. They got into a truck that, for all we know, could have been Brock's truck. Brock ran over, grabbed uh, the back passenger door and ripped it off the hinge and uh, then they got away into the night yeah he actually ripped the door off the side of this truck yeah that feud is uh, just getting better um boogs and shinsuke nakamura took on los lotharios who have done nothing but put people over since becoming los lotharios just it baffles me. I understand it's better than them skipping around where every other week different teams win and just wins and losses really don't amount to anything. But uh, Books and Shinsuke, man, I hope they build up into something uh, really big. I think they're getting a title shot against the Usos. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura dropped his Intercontinental title or U.S. title, whichever one he had. So I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him win the tag titles. Shinsuke's good enough. He could be a world champion, but it's going to take some different writing than what's going on. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin at WrestleMania is going to be fun. A lot of people think it's just a throwaway match, and Drew's just going to, it's like it's going to be good, but Corbin is is becoming a really good mechanic in the ring. I use that term a lot. Remember, mechanic means you are so solid in the ring that you help make the other person in the ring look great, look like a million bucks. And uh, Drew's going to really be shining. Maybe he gets a, uh, a push towards the title here soon. It's kind of getting crowded on that side, though. But uh, Drew and Roman... I wouldn't mind seeing her, Drew and Brock, even. We'll see how that shakes out. I told you about Zane and Knoxville. That's just It's just a fun feud. Knoxville putting Sami Zayn's number on a, on the back of a plane and flying it around, that's pretty funny. Uh, by the way, it's probably a, a burner phone, by the way, guys. It's probably not his actual number. And uh, he may answer a couple times or leave a, or you know, on the voicemail. He may have recorded one, but uh, let's think about it. He's not going to actually put his name out. I mean, his, his number out like that, but, uh, it's, it's a fun little skit. It's funny. It's, it's Knoxville humor. And that's funny. It's entertaining. That's what we're looking for. Um, looks like there's a new tag team. Shayna and Natalia have kind of showed up and started pushing people around. So we've got Sasha Banks and Naomi. We've got, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. We've got the champs, Carmella and Queen 
Selena. And then we've got Shane and Natalia. That sounds like a fatal four-way to me. And uh, I would normally give the nod to Shane and Natalia, but they just become a team. So probably Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley because they tend to get get the boost sometimes. Um, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory is uh, pretty interesting. It looks like there's some real beef between the two of them, and it's playing out on screen. These two may tear each other apart, and it's just going to be that much more off the charts for us to watch. You can tell Austin Theory is a guy that they want to strap a rocket ship to. They really, really like him, and uh, hey, he come through Atlanta, so we're, we're big fans here. Um, McAfee getting a WrestleMania moment, though, that's that's fantastic, and I know that means a ton to him. And I think this may be Theory's first as well. I can't remember if he made it the last couple of years or not, but uh, should be fun. I want to see what they do. It was supposed to be New Day versus Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch, otherwise known as Pete Dunne. That was going to be WrestleMania. And now the Big E has a busted neck that we know about. Not even sure if he's ever going to return to the ring. We're still a long ways out from even thinking about that. Uh, I, You know, what's probably going to happen, Xavier Woods is back off injury, so you're probably going to get Woods and Kofi that'll take on Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch on the outside. Now, I don't want to waste Sheamus, but you could swap Butch for Sheamus and have Sheamus as kind of the lion tamer on the outside, and he puts his young lions in of, uh, of Butch and Ridge. I think that would be fun, too. And you got the, the wild card of what Sheamus can do on the outside. But they're having to do something different. Remember before, up until... Up until I found out it was going to be Cody Rhodes, I thought you could put Seth Rollins, who needed an opponent in this match, as a, as a fill-in. But uh, Seth Cody, going to be great. And then Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, they just take turns, beat the crap out of each other and embarrassing each other. And uh, that's pretty much the way that match is going to be at WrestleMania too. So we all look forward to that. Let's go to NXT. It starts off with Miz TV. Nope, I did not mess that up. Miz TV started off where Miz talked to Dolph and Robert Roode. LA Knight came out and uh, basically got a title shot out of the whole thing. It's like, well, that's fine. And... Uh, We'll get it, you know, it, that was the main event. Dolph took on L.A. Knight. Uh, Braun Breaker was down that way, too. But uh, as good as L.A. Knight is, Dolph is the NXT champ. Makes a ton of sense, especially going into WrestleMania weekend, because NXT is going to have probably a takeover event or something as well. Dolph and Braun is going to be great. And L.A. Knight is, is a master mechanic who actually has a lot of flair. Not Ric Flair. He has a lot of flair in what he does. He is fantastic. A top talent. So that match was great. Dolph, of course, wins and retains with a lot of chaos going on the outside. But it actually didn't impact the match 
that much. Um, Escobar and Cameron Grimes were in a North American title qualification match. Basically, I think for a number one contender or something. Carmelo and Trick, of course, were out there. Carmelo being champ. Escobar won the match, which was interesting. Um, Escobar versus Carmelo. Kind of get heel versus heel. But they're trying to build up Carmelo the same way they built up Braun Breaker. Remember, they used Escobar as his first opponent. Should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, I really thought there'd be more build-up to the Tiffany Stratton versus Saray altercation, but there just really wasn't. So Tiffany Stratton kind of got a clean victory and just kind of kind of mollywops Saray. Just caught her out. She caught her before she could transform. She was still like a uh, quiet schoolgirl Saray and had not blossomed into the the superhero like performer that uh, she does when she walks through the curtain so you know we'll see what they do with that this this kind of transformation thing is kind of interesting uh Cora Jade decided to take all the titles steal them from toxic attraction and hide them different places basically she did it so she could trap the tag champs Gigi Dolan and JC Jane away from Andy Rose, so that they could kind of get into it, and they did. But uh, Cora versus Mandy, I could I could see that. That's 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 a fun matchup going forward. Uh, looks like Tommaso Ciampa and Tony D'Angelo are going to start a program pretty soon. Once again, they're trying to build up the younger talent. With Ciampa still on the roster, he will be one of the people to help put somebody over. Then we had the blow-off match between, I guess, former tag partners, Andy Hartwell and uh, Persia Parada. Andy got the win. I don't think it meant a can of beans either way. Um, MSK, the Creed Brothers, and Imperium all got into it. Those are the three best teams they have going right now, so probably going to see that moving forward. Let's go to AEW. They are getting really smart. Each episode of Dynamite or Rampage usually includes a match or a microphone segment with either Darby Allen or Adam Cole, and it immediately gets huge reactions and a pop from the crowd. Keep it up. This one, this episode of Dynamite, started with Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus the Jungle Express and Hangman Page. Adam Cole got the clean victory over, I think it was Luchasaurus. Pretty sure it wasn't Adam Page. Could have been. Been a while since I saw that match, but uh, of all the people in the ring there, those are some of the best things going in wrestling in general, let alone just in AEW. Be fun to see what Adam Cole does moving forward. We got to see Danielson and Moxley with William Regal take on Wheeler Yuta and Chucky e. T. Of course, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen were down there along with Trent. Moxley gets the win, and uh, Wheeler Yuta actually stops halfway up the ramp after the match, comes back down. It's kind of like a fight club type thing. He's like he was trying to, what Danielson and Moxley were trying to do in training the new guys to, to be better wrestlers he come in and he got slapped in the face a few times 
why he was trying to shake their hand. But uh, it looks like Wheeler Yuta may be one of the first people to take them up on their offer. And I love it. I don't know if they've started their own training school or they've taken over kind of helping with the Nightmare Academy or if this is just part of the story or whatever. But if I was a young wrestler, I would very much want to work with Moxley, Danielson, and Regal because you're only going to get better. Um, we got to see the new group as two of them got renamed. You had Jericho, you had Hager, you had uh, Daniel Garcia, and then uh, 2.0 are no longer called that. They're now Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. I think that's their real names. But uh, that's, that's the new Jericho faction. They, they say that they are sports entertainers and that they are here to beat up pro wrestlers. So, uh, that's interesting. It's different. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Most of the time it's the opposite is, uh, pro wrestlers trying to prove that, uh, they can beat up fighters and things like that. So why not go the other direction? It's interesting. It's something different. It's definitely something out of the Jericho mind. You had Wardlow take on Scorpio Sky for, uh, the TNT championship. Of course, Dan Lambert. Page fans and Austin Vanderfurt were down at ringside. MJF and Spears come down later to take out Wardlow. It looks like at some point Wardlow and MJF are going to finally have their feud, where you know at some point we're going to see that MJF is probably going to fire Wardlow. Probably could have happened this week. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm sure AEW would then pick him up as a as a talent, or there would be some way where. If he wins a match, if he beats MJF or if he beats Sean Spears or somehow if Wardlow does something, he would earn an actual contract and uh, MJF couldn't do anything about it. The split needed to happen, though. Um, the main event, Dr. Britt Baker DMD defended her title against Thunder Rosa in a steel cage. These two love to have bloody matches and they both beat the crap out of each other it was just uh insane just insane and thunder rosa gets the win congratulations to thunder rosa at some point Britt baker was going to lose i think she's wanting to take a little bit of a step back and take a break she has been uh leading the charge of the women's division for the longest uh, for over a year i believe so uh, it'll be good. Maybe they split Jamie Hayter away from her at this point. At some point that split's going to come to, and they're going to have to kind of get into it. But uh, good for Thunder Rosa. Look to see what she's going to do moving forward. And uh, let's go on to Rampage, where we get Darby with Sting versus Butcher with Blade and Drade Private Party. Uh, the Hardys end up coming out towards the end is all. But uh, Darby versus the Butcher, man. Butcher can not only uh, dish out some punishment, he can take some punishment. He was laid out on the floor, and Darby climbed to the top of the the top rope, the top corner there, turnbuckle, and did a coffin drop from there where he bounced. Like, seriously got about two or three inches of air as he fell onto his prone opponent. Of course, Darby wins there, but... Uh, Butcher, man, he goes out there and he gets it done. He is a great, great wrestler uh the house of black which will slowly become everybody's favorite faction very very soon 
took on Bear Country and Fuego del Sol. And it took me longer to say Bear Country and Fuego del Sol than it than the overall chance they had of winning. We knew that. But uh, House of Black, man, they they are going to wreak havoc on people, and people are going to love it. You're going to see more people wearing black and deer heads and things like that. And uh, I know they're not supposed to be a – or they're a heel faction. It's not going to take – very long before uh, people love them. And then Max Cat, I love that uh, the acclaimed are getting all these big opportunities. Uh, Anthony Bowens accompanied Max Caster out, and Max took on Keith Lee. Had a pretty good match with him. Keith Lee, of course, ends up with the win, but Max Caster, he's, he's a heck of a wrestler. Anthony Bowens, fantastic. The acclaimed, I want them to get a big run very, very soon. Top flight as well, now that they are back together. But uh, good for Max Caster. I actually felt like he was the best wrestler in this match, but uh, Keith Lee's style is uh, is very physical. So, you know, obviously the better wrestling might be the other person anyway. Uh, Starks and Hobbs come out and uh, attack Keith Lee, and Keith is kind of helped out by uh, his good buddy, Swerve Strickland, who is now over in AEW, and uh, fantastic. If we get those four, mix it up, let's do it. And then I want the Acclaimed in a uh, in some kind of big push match because uh, they're, they're incredible. Impact Wrestling. We get the Bullet Club, which is Chris Bay and Jay White. They take on the Motor Shooting Machine Guns, which is uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. This was a fantastic match. I honestly can't remember who won. I think it was the Motor City Machine Guns. But uh, Bay and White, who don't usually team together and are just very recent friends, uh, they did pretty well together. Bay really is a good fit for this New Age Bullet Club. He actually fits in pretty good. It's kind of weird when you take a group from one from one company and they invade another company, and they're going to absorb somebody from that company. You kind of see, you know, it's like with the Ring of Honor people, or the Honor No More, that Eddie Edwards sided with them, but he's from Ring of Honor, so you kind of get it, even though he's from a different Ring of Honor, a different style than what they do. But, you know, if the the machine guns are going to continue to feud to the Bullet Club, it's going to be a good feud. Diana Perrazzo defended, I think, her AAA Mexican title over Lady Frost and Giselle Shaw. It was a really competitive three-way dance match there. That was really good. But Perrazzo, one of the best wrestling talents on the planet. You notice I did not say male, female, anything like that. No. Diana Perrazzo is exceptional. What else was there? Matt Taven took on Josh Alexander in the main event. Matt Taven is very underrated. There is a reason why he is a former Ring of Honor champion, and there is a reason why he uh, is in a majority of the matches that that Honor No More have been in, because he can go at all times. And, uh, of course, Josh Alexander, returning Josh Alexander, uh, gets the win there, but seems like Josh is going to be the one to lead the charge against the Honor No More 
uh, group. I want to see him add a girl to the group because Josh will, will pair up with some other people and, and a bunch of guys, but you got Maria that Honor No More has, and she's the wild card. She's actually a lot of times the shot caller, so I want to see somebody step up against her, and we'll just see who that is. Uh, New Japan, I told you, this was a 42-minute just thriller where Hiroshi Tanahashi defended his United States title versus Sonata. Now, Sonata somebody I'm a big fan of Sonata. Tanahashi, you can't not be a fan. But Sonata has always been like the second or third member of a group. He finally has started to break out recently. And then, um, like E. Marcel Pertut of the Sports Inquirer has said in some of his New Japan talks, we keep expecting Sonata to take that next step and be a just big-time player. And he just keeps coming up a little short. Even when he's in big matches, even when he wins big matches, it's just always that that like next step he's just not taking. Well, if you saw his match with Tanahashi for the U.S. title, he didn't just take that step. He took a giant leap forward. This was, this match was just 42 minutes of just absolute wrestling mayhem. Was great. Sonata is your new United States champion. He gets the win over Tanahashi. It was a well-fought just back and forth. I really had no idea who was going to win. Sometimes you can kind of get an idea. I had no idea till the very end. And the fact that he won, just, just insane. So congratulations, Sonata. Just great moment. But we're to the end of the show. Just in over an hour. Boy, we just did get it in, didn't we? I try to keep it around an hour. I know you guys are, are busy. You're doing other things. I appreciate that you spend an hour of your time each week listening to me ramble on about combat sports. So much going on, as I said. Go watch Wrestling Peeps. I told you guys earlier in the show how to how to uh, get a hold of the show, how to listen to the show, how to rate and review us, all those kinds of fun things there. So much good wrestling coming. We've got a week until WrestleMania. Remember, it's... Uh, I guess we got two weeks. We got this... Well, it'll be next weekend. It's WrestleMania weekend. On top of all the other... All the other wrestling associations are going to try to do big shows on that weekend, usually in the Texas area, because that's what you do. You all load up on WrestleMania weekend, where it is usually week-long Wrestle Bonanza. Uh, I look forward to whatever New Japan matches, or I think it's, gosh, it's, I know what it is, too. It's it's Okada versus uh, Naito, I believe, and Okada is is like the the. I don't know, I would say he's like the Randy Orton where he just like kind of young gun come up out of nowhere and he just dominated everybody and he has stayed on top like John Cena. And Naito is more of the, kind of more of the Shawn Michaels. But his like, his like uh, could care less attitude, man. Naito is one of my favorites. He's one of my little nephew. Archer's favorites. Uh, every time he comes over, he always wants to watch... Uh, he wants to know if Naido is fighting. So, uh, look forward to that. I, I'm going to probably watch that as soon as we get done with this show here. And then, like I said, UFC coming up. We're going to get Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins. PFL is going to be in Atlanta. 
I'm going to try my dangus to be there. Hope to see you guys there too. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. This one called London Calling. Yep, London's Calling. Thank goodness we answered. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.